You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, it's so, so wonderful to be here tonight and uh, to be among you guys. And it just feels like being back home. And uh, Rick said something about being authentic. And that's the beautiful thing about how many are here tonight. Because I believe this is a divine appointment for us to enter into even more and more of our authentic self with God. If if the house is crowded, sometimes it's hard to to express yourself and to be who you are, right? And so this is an opportunity for us to explore our very own heart and uh, and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying for us tonight. Amen? Speaking of which, I want to just, you know, announce this, that I'm up for anything that the Holy Spirit wants to do tonight. Amen. How many of you will join me in giving, giving God the opportunity to move here the way he wants to tonight? Amen. Amen. I just want to open in prayer. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we just, we just acknowledge your presence here. I thank you so much for the way that you moved on Pastor Rick uh, and giving that word. I just felt such a strong anointing. I felt a stirring of your presence, Lord. I felt, I, I, and I feel right now, even, even the stirring of the fire of God in each and every one of us. And I just, I just declare that over every person here tonight, God. A brand new stirring, a brand new winnowing fan in your hand, God. Just breathing on each one of us, Lord God. We're just beginning to explore, God, and discover new things in you and new things that you want to do in us. So, God, we invite you tonight and we bless each person in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and God, we're just going to have our eyes open to look for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to use a little bit of it. So, amen. <laughs> well, Rick was right. I can go all over the place tonight. And, and I have a... A couple of things that I want to share, and, and so these notes are just kind of suggestions. And um, so uh, I, I, do, I do have something that I feel like, like God wants to exhort this body, each and individual here and, uh, and corporately as well. And I want to share that in a little bit. And then I also just want to share for just a little bit what God's really been stirring in my heart uh, as, as of recent. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, I haven't preached this message a couple other times, so it's not honed in really well. So we might chase a few rabbits or we might, you know, find a few things here. But, um, but I, I'm just telling you that I'm full. I'm full. Ever since we went to the uh, More Love, More Power conference, there were so many dynamic things that were spoken over there. But, but one of the things that was profound to me was when Putty talked about belonging. Believing that you belong where you are. And I want you guys to know that it's important to me to let you know I feel like I belong with you guys. I just want you to know that. You make, you've made me feel like you, you guys are like, like a giant, giant part of my life story. And I just want you to know that. I want to honor you guys and, and just tell you how much I really love you. And uh, 
we don't take that lightly at all. So I just wanted to share that with you. I, I do. I feel like I belong. I feel like I can be authentic Mike. And even if I, even if you refer to me as that weird uncle that, that embarrasses you, that's going to be okay with me. Even if I mess up and I don't do things just according to what is the protocol or the standard, I want you to know that I trust that you love me and, and you'll, you'll be all right. Yeah? <laughs> Amen. All right, so um, anyway, with all that groundwork laid, here's, the, here's one of the scriptures that I just I kind of wanted to open up with, and, and, I, and I hope that we can get to a destination, okay? Now, let me ask you this question. What I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this question. What does developing relationships look like? Is, is it important? I feel like society as a whole, not just in the church, but society as a whole, has a difficult time doing relationships and doing them health in a healthy way. I think we struggle. I think that's why the prisons are full. I think that's why we're, we're so, we have so many drug addicts. I think that's why we, we throw ourselves at people sexually to get acceptance because we don't know how to have valuable, meaningful relationships. What I want us to do is to discover new ways to develop relationships in a real way. In a real way. There's a, you know, there, there, that's the tension that I think that we, we find is we can, we, can, we can look at everybody else's life and pinpoint their problems, right? <laughs> oh, well, if they would just do this or if they would just stop sinning, if they would just get right... Whatever the case, we can pinpoint it for them, but how are we demonstrating a healthy way for them to follow after? Because whatever we do, we're giving permission to somebody who's watching us. Amen? So when we're developing relationships, and I think it's just, it's just really important. God loves relationships. He wants desperately, listen, if we can increase the value of our relationships, it will teach us as we're experiencing higher levels of intimacy and uh, connection with one another and with other people, it teaches us, oh man, this feels right, man, this feels good. And so God is saying, yes, I want you to, to do this with one another so that you'll know to do it with me. You know, we, we talk about things like, I want to be closer to you, Jesus. I want to be closer to you, Jesus. But we don't have any concrete, solid, really, things to, to move towards that other than, than, you know, we enter into prayer and we say it's a great thing to be in our prayer closet. And that's true. But I want us to, to look at something here tonight. I was asked... We were at the Sean Bowles conference last week, and a young man sat beside me, and, and he asked me, he said, Mike, I know that you are a businessman, and, 
And, you know, when you own your own business, it can be hard to shut down. Turn that off at night when you come home. He said, how do you shut it off? And I said, well, used to, I didn't. And that's what got me in trouble. And I said, but I had to learn to value, place a value on what was at home. And I said, one of the ways that you can do that is by marking the moments of your life. Marking the moments. What do I mean by that? Well, like for instance, I can enjoy my wife. I, I come and give her a hug. And instead of that just being a repetitive mechanical motion of, oh, I love you. Bye, I love you. Bye, I love you. Right? I can stop. Put, pump the brakes a little bit, right? And enjoy the moment and look in her eyes. See her smile. See the glimmer in her eyes and drink it in. I really love you. You're my best friend, right? So I'm marking the moment. How do you mark the moment? You, you, you linger in it. It's, it's proactively creating memories. Do you know that your time is really just made up of memories, right? And so it's like, it's like when you have gone on a vacation and you can remember so many events on that vacation, right? They mark, those memories were marked and it made that vacation. I remember when I was a kid, I would uh, spend my whole summers walking up and down Blue River on both sides, fishing, walking in the river, on the river, you name it. And it seemed like those summers could last forever. When I look back in my mind... And it's because those memories were marked. Those times were enjoyable. I took stock. So here's how you mark a memory. You assign value to the moment that you're in. You assign value to the people you're having coffee with, who you're having lunch with, who you're having dinner with. You assign value and you say, this moment is valuable to me. In Ephesians, the Bible talks about us redeeming the time. If you think about if you have a, a coupon, right, and, and, and you have a rebate and you're going to go in, there's only value on that until the expiration date. If you miss the expiration date, then the, the value is erased. It's taken away, right? So we have moments in our lives that we're allowing to expire. We're allowing to expire because we're not taking note of them. We're not cashing them in. We're not redeeming them for the value that are in them. Just having lunch is not just having lunch anymore. Why? Because I'm taking stock and I'm assigning value that I'm spending time with somebody who could be spending time with someone else, but they chose me. I even take stock. Listen, I'm going to just, I'm going to get in trouble for this. But, but when my wife is telling me about her day and she's telling me about all the problems in the office and she's telling me about who did who and, and what went wrong and and, and, and all these things, and after 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm full of stuff that doesn't even pertain to me, right? And then she starts up again, but <laughs> I, can, I can turn her off and, 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 and say, listen, I've had enough. Or I can say, man, even in this moment, she's coming to me. I'm her friend. I'm the one that's here for her to process with, Right? So we, we can mark the moments of our life by assigning value. By assigning value. And uh, so that's just one of the things that have been uh, 
kind of stirring in my heart is, uh, you know, in John 10, 10, he said, I come that you have life and have it more abundantly, right? What is life? The Bible says that, that life eternal is this, that you would know the one true and living God and his son whom he has sent. So that knowing actually in the Greek is the word experience. So you could be, it, it could actually read that eternal life, like forever and always, is experiencing God and His Son. See, I think sometimes, all too often, we do, we do uh, relationships where we have no experience. It's mechanical. And when, it, when we have mechanical relationships, then what we're doing is we're really just alone together. Yeah? Alright, so I'm going to read the Scripture that I said I was going to. And it's found in, in John chapter 4, verse 35. Do you not say that there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. I think the reason that we miss so many precious moments, so many opportunities slip away from us, so many escape us, so many just expire on us, is because of, of the, uh, not having the ability, being preconceived. Preconceived as to what worship's going to be like tonight. Preconceived of what Rick's going to preach this, this coming Sunday. Preconceived of who somebody is and what they have to offer because they've been in my life for so long. And you become indifferent. Jesus says, you think you know it all. He didn't really say it like that. But he says, you say this, 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 and this. In other words, he's saying, you look at things from your own standard of reasoning. You've already played out the scenario in your mind. You've already found the ending and you don't think that the ending, nobody has anything new to offer you until you say it's okay for that to come into your life. In other words, there's no changes allowed until you're comfortable with change. There's no growth allowed until you're comfortable with the growth. And guess what? We're never comfortable with it. So we never grow. Our relationships don't deepen. They don't become more meaningful because we have to develop them. We have to be intentional about them. And that doesn't mean work harder. That means work smarter. That means look for something different. That's what Jesus was saying here. He said, change your perception. Quit looking at it the same way you've always looked at it. Is it anybody getting anything from this? Okay. Yeah, I believe you are. I believe this night is, is, is a night that's specifically for each one of us in this house for our authentic self to begin to arise, for there to be dreams again, for, for this corporate body, that, that Mount Comfort uh, Community Vineyard Church has been, 
sort of hidden away for a season. It's been hidden away for a time. And I believe that God wants me to tell you that you guys are stand poised on the precipice of a new day dawning, that something is arriving, something's coming, something's being stirred up. There's a, there's a hope coming again. There's a, there's a belief, there's a chance that something might change. God's changing our perceptions. He's asking us to lift up our eyes and to look at things differently not as they've always been not as what sometimes it seems like we get we get put in a rut or we we dig out a rut man you know sometimes we 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 find a place that's comfortable right I know where I'm going to sit every week I know where you're going to sit I know what songs we're going to sing and it's just comfortable, and I know who I'm going to talk to and who I'm not going to talk to. And we enter into that rut, and we don't want to get out. And we've, we've, we feel like we've found a place that we fit. And, and sometimes just because we fit in the church, or we fit somewhere uh, uh, out in, in the world, it doesn't mean that that's how we fit in the kingdom. Sometimes God wants uh, to, 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 to encourage us. Encourage meaning to fill you full of courage to take a step. Man, when you have the comfortability, when you have the support that you have in this room right now, you ought to be able to, you ought to, be able to have Gloria be able to, to shout and sing her praises to, even if it sounds horrific. And I don't mean that you sound horrific. But, but I'm just saying if she squelches, if she can't hit that high note, she shouldn't be ashamed. She shouldn't be worried about, we should, have, we should be celebrating her and cheering her on. Same with Mike. Mike is amazing on the, on the guitar. Uh, 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 my brother. No. Ken. Ken's on the drums, right? He just started, what, like a year and a half ago? Is that right? Two years? So look how far he's progressed already. Right? He stepped out in faith. He stepped out and said, I'll do something. I'll pick up the slack. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow. Amen? How many is proud of him? Yeah. Amen. And so he's asking us, and I don't want to keep you guys long, but he's asking us to, to consider our perception of when the harvest can come. See, that's it. What does the harvest look like? I mean, I have some good questions to ask you guys tonight. I want to ask you this authentic question. What does it look like for you? Nobody else. No comparison. What does it look like for you to be passionately on fire after God? If you can imagine yourself to the fullest, huh, what does that look like? I'm not asking you to tell anybody else, but you and the Holy Spirit right now what does that authentic person look like now we can start count we can start looking at our moments that lead up to that it's like I, I can't settle for any less than that anymore now it's been identified 
my true self, who I am, the picture that God gave me of who I am is now out there. And now I, now I can't not believe that I belong. Now I believe I belong. So now I got to function in that. Now I'm going to walk that out, see? And now that I can see what that looks like, he said, don't look at the harvest way down there. Look at the harvest plenteous. So, so see, if, if I put Gloria in a box and I say, that's all she's allowed to be to me. I'm just picking on you tonight because I love you. But if I say that's all she's allowed to be to me, then I'll never open my heart to ever experience any more of her authentic person. You understand what I'm saying? God made us for, I had a dream one time. God, I had been, uh, this was during the time that you were uh, counseling us. And I was uh, visiting with my former pastor once a week, and we would sit on his front porch and just talk and just kind of, you know, expound and tell where our hearts were and just connect and, and have a relationship. And I had a dream shortly after, well, after about a year. And as I was waking up, I audibly heard the Lord say, you were made for front porch. You were created for front porch. Front porch represented this give and take of authenticity, of how my heart really thinks, how my heart really hurts, how my heart struggles, how my heart rejoices, how my heart celebrates. Yeah? How many love that? That's, that's, that's life to the fullest. I feel like the Lord is opening up. Uh, this place has some dynamics to it that are deep. That are, <laughs> we looked up the word radical on the way here. And when I think about radical, I always think about uh, like breaking the rules, no boundaries, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and when we put it into Christian terms. Uh, but I, well, anyway, long story short, I found out that the root word <laughs> is, is root. <laughs> the root word of, of radical actually is derived from the word radish, which is root, putting roots down. And there are some radical roots that are in this house that are valuable, that are massively valuable. And I want you to know that as God awakens our heart to develop richer, more meaningful memories and moments and relationships, that that's going to translate, that's going to transpire into your family, into your job, into your community. And then ultimately, when people are going to come in this place, they're going to feel an anointing. They're going, to, they're going to feel anointing that we felt here tonight already. And they're going to say, what is this? And they're not going to get a bunch of show. They're not going to get a big facade. Yeah, there'll be worship, and it'll be genuine, and it'll be authentic, and there'll be, there'll be prophetic words come. There'll be hands laid on people. There might even be some shouting once in a while. But it'll be the real deal. 
And they'll come in and they'll say, I've been looking for this. I've been, I've been, the world won't listen to me. The world doesn't want to understand me. And they're going to hear some voices of people who say, I've learned, I, I know what it is to be misunderstood. And, and, and I know how that feels. And I want to understand you and I want to connect with you. I want to share my Jesus with you. I want to share breakthrough with you. I want to share, I want to share with you what it looks like for me to, to be on fire for God. I want to share with you what it is to have breakthrough. How to, to have the anointing destroy the yokes of bondage. Amen? All right, so I'm going to end with a story, another story. And... Um, so I wanted to, to talk to you about, in this story, about shameless audacity. I'm doing my best to be shameless tonight with you guys because I feel like, like I said, I, I feel like I'm a son of the house, you know, just to be honest with you. And, uh, and I feel like, like you guys are okay with who I am. And I, and I love that about you guys. So, um, but you remember the parable where the guy comes knocking at, at, at nighttime, at midnight? Huh? It was a woman? This is her favorite story. So she's like, you want to, you can come up. <laughs> but, okay, so anyway, they come at midnight asking for bread because their company came. And, uh. Man, just what a picture of being able to humble yourself and be a nuisance, right? <laughs> to humble yourself and be uh, awkward, you know? Uh, we have so many opportunities to be awkward in this life, right? And, and this person said, it doesn't matter. I want to entertain my guests. Not just entertain, but I want to be hospitable. There's a story locked in there. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, you will find out that the Holy Spirit, we are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we are to be hospitable to the Holy Spirit. I left somebody's house one night. I'm going to get, I'm jumping track here, but I left somebody's house one night. I went into their house to do some work, and they had garbage all over the floor. They had eight feet of counter space with dishes this deep across and I'm not kidding you, there was cat stuff on their bathroom floor. Instead of cleaning it up, when they noticed that I might see it, they just pulled the door to. And when I left, I felt like I needed a shower. I really did. And as I was driving home, the Holy Spirit said, that's how I feel sometimes. When, I, when I'm walking in impurity, and I'm, and I'm choosing the wrong path. So what he was trying to teach me was that I'm a house. I, I, I need to be hospitable to him. It's not about acts. It's not about works. But it's about who's coming to visit. Who's coming to live here. Who's coming to dwell. Who's coming to inhabit. And if I can present myself and say, I want you to inhabit me. I want your fire breathing in me. Breathe on me, God. Then I'll look at it that way. Okay, back to my story. <laughs> now, so 
I have this uh, little, little town of Knightstown where I live. There's, our, our bank is there. And this young man, just about six months ago, uh, he's early 20s. And he was given uh, the, the, the position of manager at the bank. And when you're given authority at a young age and a responsibility, guess what you want to do? You want to prove that you have what it takes, right? And so every time I walk in the door, he wants to impress me. I don't know what it is about me. I don't know why he wants to impress me, but he wants to impress me. He sees me. He, he wants to talk about loans. He wants to talk about how can I manage your funds? How can I serve you? How can I do this? And the kid's a little quirky. He's a, he's a, he, he, he looks like Tom Cruise, but a nerdier version, I guess. But he's over the top with his personality. He has shameless audacity. He, he's like, I had this little wiener dog that would bark at the biggest dogs ever. And he didn't know he was little. You know, he wasn't scared of anything, this little winter dog. And, and I think that's what God is asking of us sometimes is to, to not know, <laughs> to not know, and to have a shameless audacity that will go after things. See, I feel like this. I feel like the Lord wants to say to us, I trust you more than you trust yourself. You see, I, I, a lot of times I'll say, Lord, you can't trust me with that. Look how bad I've failed before. I know what I'm capable of doing. What if I do that again? What if that becomes who I am? And he says, Mike, I trust you. Man, I would almost rather hear somebody say, I trust you than I love you. Because trust says, I'm giving you myself. You want to, you want to develop relationships, start giving trust. Trust requires, in return, a responsibility. If I, if I give you, here's the, here's the thing. The Apostle Paul, when he talked to Timothy, he said, I give you charge, Timothy, to thus and thus and thus. That word charge means to fill your wagon. I'm putting something in you to carry. And if you want to develop strength in relationship, if I say, Ann, I trust you, just her carrying that. I've given her something now to carry that belongs to me. That makes her connected to me now. Does that make sense? And so, so oftentimes, though, the world says, I'll trust you when you earn it. That's not how God did it. He said, while you were yet sinners, <laughs> I trusted you. See, Jesus didn't hem his bets. He went to the cross fully embracing it, despising the shame. And in other words, regarding it as of nothing compared to the joy that was possible that we would have with him. Does that make sense? So anyway, back to the, the young guy, right? So I, I even got to the point where I was like, okay, I got to deposit a check. I'll have my son run in there <laughs> so I can avoid this guy. Because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. He would hang up the phone when he saw me walk in. 
He's like, I got to go. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Jessup? How you doing, buddy? Just making awkward small talk. He just wanted to be connected to me. And I began to finally pick up on this. And uh, he, he started talking to me about some of the work that I do. And he started showing me pictures of stuff that he was working on. And uh, so I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I'll do it. So the next time I come in, and I was in there today, matter of fact, and he dropped the phone and came running. <laughs> but the last time I was in there, not today, but the last time I was in there, he came over making more small talk. And I said, hey, one of these Saturdays when you get off at noon, I want you to come by the shop and we'll tinker around in the shop and I'll show you some stuff. Because what I saw was this, what God is putting in my heart is not that I have an opportunity to make a new friend, which I love making new friends. God bless all the new friends in the world. But I saw an opportunity for here's someone who is thirsty for some approval. He's thirsty and he can get it from the wrong source. But God's put in his path the right source and he's he's. Seeking out the right source. So I said, you come on over, and it's going to be, I, I already know, because I'm looking, I'm seeing that the harvest is now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I could avoid somebody who kind of irritating me. <laughs> or I can put it aside. Yeah, I know I can be irritating too. <laughs> um, but if I really take stock in the moment, I have to, I'm going to have to answer one day. And if he's in heaven and all, the, all his family is in heaven and people that he's been uh, affected all his life are there because I took some moments and some times to value who he was and to value the time, then that'll be worth it. Then I can hear, well done, right? Amen. All right, I'm going to just end with that. Uh, has to do with him being, I'm going to tell you what. So his shameless audacity, I believe it's impressive to God. This guy, he might not, I don't even know if he knows the Lord. But I think, it's, I think it impresses God that he's, he goes after things. You know, Jesus said, I haven't even seen, like God marks remarkable faith you know he said never have I seen any kind of faith like this it's remarkable and so I just want to encourage you guys tonight to uh, to receive that these are moments in life for and I don't want to just say new beginnings but there there are new beginnings I'm finding that in trans in transition Every time we prophesy that, that there's new beginnings, what we never, what we always fail to, to say in in conjunction with that is that there's has to be some endings to something, right? So it might be that I can no longer stay in my rut, I can no longer be just in my comfortable spot. A new beginning with fresh life breathed on it. That's what I prophesy over you guys tonight. So I just release that blessing into each one of you in the mighty name of Jesus. And uh, so I'm going to close this out. And 
if anybody wants prayer, we'll pray, we'll stir up fire, whatever. But I just want you to, I just want you to, just want you to take some of this with you, contemplate on it. How can I make my moments last? How can I, how can I add significance to this moment? Sometimes it's just by announcing it, just by talking about it, just by saying, you know, this is this is precious time. Like, I'm marking this moment tonight because, for me, it's a moment where I've been able to announce that I belong to some degree here. And that feels good. So, love you guys. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.